Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. It's August 20th, 2013, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Arian, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day, or more accurately, on this evening, that the Morgan Spurlock documentary about One Direction, This Is Us, had its premiere at London's Odeon Leicester Square. Uh, around 10,000 directioners were there, with extra police, who didn't have a cute nickname, being called in to cope with the accompanying crowds. Some of the fans had slept rough for three nights in the hope of... <laughs> catching morgan spurlock (laughs) (laughs) they're all there for spurlock (laughs) and the film went on to take 18 million dollars in the u.s labor day opening weekend which is good for a documentary didn't quite beat the justin bieber one never say never well yes maybe one day it'll overtake it oh that was the name of the documentary (laughs) but considering it is just basically some behind the scenes footage and a concert movie is pretty impressive going and speaks to the enormous popularity of the band at the time but it is a bit underwhelming. It's $68 million worldwide gross of the One Direction movie, considering that the year's number one and number two films, which were Frozen and Iron Man, both grossed well over a billion dollars. Maybe at this point in One Direction propaganda, they were just like, anything makes money. It doesn't really matter what it is. Just chuck it out there. I mean, even the whole inclusion of Morgan Spurlock seems weird and anomalous to me. I I don't quite know how he got signed up to it, given his kind of career history to that point. He was best known at the time and probably still now for making the Super Size Me movie, which if like me, you're a teenager at the height of the child obesity panic, you probably were forced to watch at school. He'd put himself forward to direct Never Say Never and not got the gig. So he'd made it clear that he was interested in tracking the meteoric rise of a pop star. Um, and so was in the purview of the producers. That's why. Yes. But also, I think it gave it credibility. Like, because he was an Oscar nominated filmmaker, people like me were more inclined to watch the One Direction movie because he'd made it. Like, I was intrigued. Like, why would he want to make this film? And I'll admit, I did watch it on a plane after I'd had three brandies. So my guard was down. <laughs> I'm just picturing all those teenage girls sleeping rough outside the cinema <laughs> and Ollie on a plane in some kind of padded velvet dressing gown with a little yeah. balloon glass of brandy watching it. Yeah. But I did, I did watch it because I liked it on a plane. I like to watch anything that's not going to cause me any anxiety or make me think about impending death. And this definitely fitted that bill. I did watch all of it and enjoy it. And you can see that... a. Uh, serious documentary maker is behind the camera i mean just uh, there's a lot with the parents which i think wouldn't have been an obvious thing to do for everybody i remember in particular liam's dad being just really wistful i mean they only allowed this to be in the film for about 15 seconds but being really wistful about the fact that they left the house to go to an audition and never came home liam Mm. payne had only been back home bearing money left the house when he was 16 to go and audition for the x factor had only been home for five nights in three years yeah and he was on the verge of tears like recalling that he'd missed this chance to basically father his son 
And also there's this moment where his mum bought a cardboard cutout of him so that he could be in the house. Oh, wow. Which, again, just little that glimpses of the realities of, like, you know, what that is. Yeah, but it's interesting that you were saying earlier about, you know, how essentially this film is just them singing and then a few glimpses at life behind the scenes. But that is just exactly what the audience wanted. This is exactly what One Direction was selling their fan bases, this idea that they're cheeky chappies, they've got their own personalities, you know, they're a different kind of pop star. They're not like the, you know, the Westlife or the Boy Zone where they've been sort of manicured and presented to you of course they actually you know had been but they were selling this idea especially because they had social media which was like a kind of new phenomenon you know changing the way that celebrities interacted with their fans they were selling you this idea that we are literally the boys next door we are almost within your reach i mean that thing that liam's dad said about liam leaving home and then never coming back resonates as well on the flip side of it with what the guys themselves must have experienced you know they turned up to go on this show probably you do hope that it might take you towards fame and fortune but I don't think any of them in their wildest dreams could have imagined what happened to them and I read one piece of commentary that said it would be like waking up one day and being ripped but having to do the corresponding amount of exercise every single day of your life to stay (laughs) ripped from then on and that must have been what it was like that they sort of rocked up to the audition and then suddenly you were doing vocal stuff and you were doing dancing and you were learning instruments and you were having to deal with the the newfound trappings of fame and it's worth noting as well that they were put together as individuals who didn't know each other previously for the 2010 series the x factor and they finished third behind matt cardle and rebecca ferguson which is glossed over in this movie by the way so a clip is shown (laughs) of when they come third to rebecca ferguson but it's not made clear that that's not them coming second no mention at all is made of Matt Cardle. And I think specifically because, do you remember what happened at the moment that Matt Cardle won the X Factor, Rebecca? No, but it rings a bell. Harry Styles leaned into his ear and said, think how much you're going to get. <laughs> That's what happened. After He's Matt the classy the one. Winner of the X Factor. Uh, which I think is absolutely the clip that I would put in my One Direction documentary, but it was very much missing. I've got to say, though, it- it, it makes sense because obviously a massive portion of their fan base were not from the UK and, would, you know, specifically a lot of them were from the US where the X Factor wouldn't have meant anything to them. And also it made me think One Direction weren't the last group to be formed via TV because Little Mix went on to win the X mm. Factor afterwards. But they were the last group to emerge purely from TV that, you know, Twitter existed, Tumblr existed, but those things wouldn't make them famous until they started expanding into the US market. When they were solely a kind of UK phenomenon, it was through the TV show. Kind of, but I mean... Are you just going to undermine my point? Well, the thing that I think made it obvious that they had traction, the reason that so much money was spent on them, giving them that... I mean, let's be honest, that song, You Don't Know You're Beautiful, like, it was quite interesting watching this documentary again last night. It's a banger. And Mm. watching this documentary again, you realise how many of their songs aren't. Like, Mm. it's only been... (laughs) eight years since I heard those songs on the radio all the time and I don't remember them. I sort of now, now you, when you hear a bit of them, you're like, oh yeah, best song ever, that was a one. And mm. there was, you sort of remember the videos, don't you? Because they're cute and they look like Labrador puppies, but you don't really remember the actual songs. <laughs> Apart yeah. from You Don't Know You're Beautiful, which is an absolute banger. And the only reason they were given that song is because it was clear that the fan base wanted it. And it was clear the fan base wanted it because of Twitter. Like all the behind the scenes videos on the X Factor were the thing that made it obvious they had momentum, even though they came third as a proposition. They encapsulate something of that combination of 
calculation and raw luck that it requires if a band emerges in the way that these guys did to really rise to the top. Because, you know, obviously this wasn't just a random thing. Simon Cowell had in his mind that he was going to pluck a number of the guys and put them together and and then create something larger. And, you know, it had been about 10 years since the last boy band, the sort of the heyday of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and the world was ready for a new boy band to come along. Although I remember watching The X Factor when they were put together, and it was presented in the TV program very much as Nicole Scherzinger's idea. And again, in this documentary, (laughs) Simon Cowell takes ownership of the idea and she's not mentioned at all. So I don't know what the truth is. Probably somewhere between those two things, I dare say. But I think that regardless of who had come up with the concept, they were also lucky to just sort of strike on a bunch of people who had these quite lovable personalities, you know, that they were they were intensely likable. They they were quite funny and they and they gelled well. And I think that is also a huge part of what made them successful. Yeah, it was this idea that they all had their own persona. And obviously that's not new. It was the same with the Beatles, obviously. You know, people had their favourite Beatle. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the apparatus surrounding One Direction really leaned into this idea that almost like they were collectible toys in the same series, you know, each one came with their own accessories. But (laughs) Caroline Watson, who was the band's original stylist, said that she was inspired by the Spice Girls Mm. using the costuming to give each member their individual personality rather than, you know, what had come before, like your boy zones and Westlife's. Yeah, Westlife are like a clone of each other, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just all sitting on matching stools in matching clothes, doing matching routines. That was another thing about One Direction. You know, they didn't do choreographed dance. dance routines. Except yeah. they did. They did, as the documentary shows you, they choreographed the dances to look unchoreographed. <laughs> <laughs> Just a weird extra thing about... Morgan Spurlock. He also did this documentary that was called Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden, which he did in 2008. And it was in his trademark style of being half serious, half jokey. But apparently after Osama Bin Laden was killed, uh, the CIA revealed that he had a copy of of Morgan Spurlock's Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden at his hideout in Abbottabad in uh, in Pakistan. So (laughs) he, um, he found it, I guess that's sort of amusing if you're Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what's amusing if you're Osama bin Laden, but you'd be keen on the coverage. It would make a nice gift from your children, say. <laughs> I'm guessing that there were fewer shots of Osama bin Laden in his pants than there were of Harry Styles in This Is Us. Probably, probably. <laughs> probably fewer getting changed before the gig shots. <laughs> Next time. It would just be fun if every single woman in the film started hitting on Humphrey Bogart. Love the show? Support the show! Patreon.com slash Retrospectors Part of the ACAST Creator Network Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.